God, we do just come right now in prayer. And God, we do this regularly in our services and hopefully in our personal lives as well. But God, we just want to truly seek you right now in this moment. God, on behalf of Pastor James and Perry as they're sick, God, we pray that you won't allow that to spread to any of the other kids or Hannah. God, I just pray that you'll also help right now in this moment, not even later today, not even tomorrow, but in this moment that you will bring some healing to Pastor James and to Perry, that they will begin to feel better right now. Not because of our prayers, but because of your power. And so we just pray for that. We pray that for also so many people in our church family right now, so many people in our community and our own families. God, right now that you will bring health to people, that you will remove sickness, you'll remove all of these things, that right now you will show your power and authority. Jesus, you say you have all authority in heaven on earth, and so we do just ask for you to have a display of your power to bring healing right now. And so we just seek you for that. Again, not that our seeking our prayers uh, is what has the power, but you yourself do through your Holy Spirit. And so we just ask for an outpouring of your Holy Spirit right now in this moment. And God, we pray that uh, for physical health, but we also just pray right now that you'll pour out your spirit for our spiritual health, that you will do something right now, that we will come expectantly for you to meet with us, to teach us, to show us, to transform us, that our hearts can be made more like you this morning, God, through what you're doing. And so we just give you this service. We give you this day. We give you our lives. We give you our church. And we just ask for you to do a great and mighty and wonderful and loving and powerful thing right now for us and for those around us, God. We pray that. And we pray this in the wonderful and miraculous and blessed name of Jesus. We pray, amen. Before we dive into the sermon, I did realize I forgot to mention the times of the men's and women's ministry meetings. And so this upcoming Saturday, men, 9 a.m. in the Family Life Center, there's going to be breakfast. They've got no excuse to miss out on it. So men will see you at 9 a.m. And the women's ministry is meeting at 2 p.m. the following Saturday. So now you don't have an excuse because I didn't forget to tell you now. So. so this sermon series, as we mentioned, is talking about prayer and fasting. And today we're talking about having amazing experiences. And it seems like when Pastor James gets sick at the last moment, the, the sermon series are always very appropriate. Last time I got like an hour warning from him because he was sick was during a time, when, I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was basically when we're talking about not our own strength, but God's. And so it's like the sermon right now, I'm not making excuses. Like I got the sermon at 8 a.m., um, but I believe that God wants to do something good because we're talking about prayer and fasting. And Pastor James, if you don't know this, he, you know, he's been the senior pastor here for over five years. He was youth pastor here for here in Eden for a long time. Uh, but he always still, to this day, gets super nervous Sunday mornings, and he does not eat breakfast. Like, he fasts every Sunday morning because he's so nervous he doesn't eat. I am the other way. I've never met a meal that I didn't want to eat. And so I always eat on Sunday mornings. And so 8 a.m. rolls around, I'm about to eat my bowl of cereal and I get a call from James saying that he, he and Perry are sick and he won't be here. And so I'm like, oh man, I need something better than that. I can't have cereal. I need like a biscuit. So I was getting ready to drive and go get a biscuit or something to get ready for today. But then I like grabbed the sermon notes off his desk and it was like prayer and fasting. I was like, well, I should probably practice what I preach. And so I didn't eat breakfast this morning to fast and pray for the service. And so again, just because the, I haven't had these notes for a long time doesn't mean that God doesn't want to accomplish something this morning. And so for whatever reason, God orchestrated all these details. So don't tune out. 
uh, I think there's going to be some good things that we can have this morning. So last week, we were talking about praying and fasting for repentance. And I just want to reiterate that that's what Pastor James is talking about, because as Christians, repentance is the beginning of everything. Repentance is where it starts. If you look at Jesus and his ministry, what is the, when he starts his public ministry, what's the first thing that Jesus says? Repent. Repent and believe, right? And so it all starts with repentance uh, because that's the heart of Christianity. The heart of Christianity is that we acknowledge and realize we are sinners in need of a Savior. And so we have to repent and turn from our sins, turn from our evil, and turn towards Christ. And so as we fast and pray for repentance, that is just the reminder that that is the beginning of everything. We cannot be saved if we do not repent. We cannot be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit if we do not repent. And so I just want to remind us how important that is, especially as we're still fairly early on in 2024. So as we're changing gears and looking at stuff this morning, uh, and we're talking about having these amazing experiences, uh, because some of us maybe have, maybe some of us haven't, but there are times that we can have powerful encounters with God, that we feel like truly this was an amazing experience that I will never forget. And some of them are expected things. Like as a youth pastor, again, I'm always talking about youth camp, youth convention, girls retreat, guys retreat. Those are always these amazing encounters where we see God show up in these powerful ways. But they're also the unexpected moments. Anyone ever had an unexpected powerful moment with God? Yeah, I think most of us. And often those are even more powerful than the ones that we're expecting. And so I think for me, one of those most unexpected moments was when I really felt like the Lord was leading me towards pastoral ministry is what he was calling me towards. Uh, You know, again, youth camp, all these wonderful things that I was doing in my life, but it was 2006, uh, towards the end of the summer between my junior and senior year of college. So I'm sitting there, sitting there on the couch, uh, getting ready for the senior year to start. And I'm just thinking, I should probably think about what I'm going to do with my future. Like, I had, I'd n- honestly never really thought about it because I always wanted to be a professional athlete, but as a 5'10 white guy, that just wasn't in the cards for me. And so it's like, I was like, you know, I should probably look into other options. So I was a almost straight A. I got a couple Bs uh, student. And so I was like, okay, thinking about my classes. What classes did I enjoy? What classes did I do well in? And I was like, I always love science and math. Maybe I want to do something with that. And I was like, Absolutely not. I want nothing to do with science and math, even though I'm really good at it. Now I was thinking about all these other classes. I took some engineering classes, really liked those. I was like, maybe I should be an engineer. I was like, not for me. And so I go through like all these classes and I'm like out of options. And I'm like, okay, what do I enjoy doing? And so again, I'm just thinking through all these things that I enjoy and like, and I'm, I'm, I'm out of options, sitting on my couch eating chips. And as I talk about eating chips, like I was eating the entire bag of chips because I was a high school guy, right? And so it's like, I wasn't eating some chips. I wasn't even eating like a small bag of chips, right? Sometimes this is a, a personal portion, but when you're a high school guy, this becomes the personal portion. So I was probably downing an entire bag of chips thinking about what my future holds and what I wanted to do. And basically, I ran out of options. Like, I don't know what I want to do. And so I was like, what do I enjoy? And I was like, I enjoy going to church, being with church family. I enjoy youth group and things like that. And so I was like, God, do you want me to like pursue ministry? And in that moment, the unexpected moment sitting on the couch is when I really felt like God was saying, yes, this is what I want for your future. And so it wasn't this powerful moment with these services and lights and dynamic speaker. It was plainly, unexpectedly sitting on a couch, eating chips, watching ESPN, when I felt like the Lord was directing my steps into what my future was going to hold. And so God moves in the expected, and he moves in the unexpected. But the reason why prayer and fasting is so powerful is because even when he moves in the unexpected, it is building off of what has come before it. And so God really started that work in my life, even though I didn't realize it years before, in 2003 at the youth convention in Charlotte. 
Uh, that's where I grew up being a part of a church. I grew up uh, going to a Christian school through eighth grade. And so it's like I knew a lot about the Bible. Uh, but for you Wesleyan nerds out there, the moment I felt like my heart was strangely warmed was at that youth convention in Charlotte 2003, where I was like, God truly is real. He truly is compassionate. He's full of love, and he has good things for us as humans. That's the moment that things began to change. And something that they did at that youth convention that made a difference in the rest of my life was, again, I got a couple show-and-tells this morning. Uh, they gave us, everyone who was there got a one-year Bible. So it's the Bible, but it was broken into these just different sections to where if you read it for about 15 minutes a day, you can read through the entire Bible in a year. So you're like, okay, today is January 14th, and you just read that particular section for the day. In that first year, I was eighth or ninth grade at the time, I didn't make it through the whole Bible. I didn't. I didn't make it through the whole Bible like they gave me, but it's one of those things that it, it, I wanted to, right? It began to change when I wanted to read the Bible, not just because I'm supposed to or this Sunday school lesson, blah, blah, blah. It's one of these things that God, God was changing my heart to where I wanted to know more about him. I wanted to hear from him. I wanted to seek him. And so that made a huge difference in me uh, when they gave us those one-year Bibles. And I still have it today. That's from 2003. Uh, and I don't know why, but there's a penguin sticker on it now. So it's just fun fact. And so it's these things that God can do. He built on that for from 2003, over then years of reading the Bible, going to youth camp, going to another youth convention, that leads me to the point where I'm sitting at my couch in this unexpected moment, and God shows up and kind of reveals what he has for me and my future. And so when we think about these things, we have to be working through prayer and scripture to get ready for those moments when God is going to show up. And so it's not that we just get to have a vacation and do whatever we want to spiritually until these, these mountaintop experiences. No, in the day in, day out, we need to be investing time in prayer and the word so that when he shows up, we're ready. We're not just unexpected, we're not unwilling, but we, we've done the preparation to prepare ourselves for who God is calling us to be and what he's calling us to do. And so that's why it's so important to have these experiences, but to right now be doing the things that's gonna prepare us for those experiences with God. Uh, for those of you who went to the youth convention in Cincinnati, it was one of the speakers, his name was Davey Blackburn. He has a very powerful testimony. And I'm just gonna share a little bit of what he was saying because it really stood out to me. And it's kind of given me this year renewed vigor for diving into the word personally. Because I have to read the Bible. I, sorry, I get to read the Bible a lot for my job, youth and Sunday mornings and stuff like that. But it's easy for me in moments to like on... I've been reading the Bible all day for work, and then I don't read it for my own personal thing. But God really uh, shook me out of that a little bit this year. Davy Blackburn was sharing, and he experienced the hardest thing you can possibly experience at 30 years old. He was planning a church in Indianapolis. He goes to work out that morning, and when he comes back from working out, he sees his wife laying in a pool of blood on the floor in his house. Someone had broken into their house and shot her three times, and she ended up dying from that. And so I think you can, like, and again, I say the hardest thing possible because I would much rather die than Christine or Lindsay or Daniel or soon-to-be Asher than to see one of them die like that. And so it's so, I can't imagine what he went through. And so he was just sharing that he didn't know what to do in that moment other than what he knew to do, right? All that he's doing in his life, what he was going to do in that moment is what he's been doing his whole life. And he was one who had committed himself to the Lord. He had committed himself to prayer, to reading the Bible. And so in that darkest, hardest moment of his life, what did he turn to? He turned to prayer and to the word. And it's not like everything got better. 
right? He still deals with the trauma of that that happened uh, over seven years ago now that took place in his life. But he began to find healing through those habits that he'd formed over years and years and years and years of seeking God through prayer and through the word. And so he gave this illustration of like, when we are pressed by life, when life tries to squeeze us out, whatever we are filling ourselves is what's going to come out of us. And so in that moment when life tried to squeeze him out, what came out of him was still the love of God, the commitment to the scriptures, and trying to seek and hear from God through prayer and through the word. And so that's just the encouragement and challenges for us today. Like, as we are seeking God in prayer, like, what are we filling ourselves with? Because when hardship comes your way or my way, what is going to come out of us? What's going to come out of you? Is it going to be a commitment to Scripture? Is it going to be a commitment to prayer? Is it going to be turning on the TV? Is it going to be turning to a substance? What's going to come out of you when the pressures of life comes your way? And so that's why it's so important to build these habits now of prayer and reading Scripture so that moment comes on these difficult or mountaintop experiences that we're going to have this closeness and connection to God. And Davey made this joke. He was a pastor's kid. Uh, he said he had a drug problem growing up. He was drugged to church Sunday mornings. He was drugged to church Sunday nights. He was drugged to church Wednesday nights. He was always there. But he said in that moment when his life came tumbling down and shattering, that he was so grateful for what his parents invested in him and were bringing them every time the doors were open because every little bit made that difference in helping him to be able to, to respond to the situation that happened in losing his wife. Um, and now he's got, there's a ministry, Nothing is Wasted Ministries. You can look it up. They're doing a lot of really good things to help other people experience healing through difficult tragedies that they go through. Uh, and so it's one of these things that we need to think about prayer and fasting and these amazing experiences as essential and not optional uh, because we really need to cling to God in the tough times and in the, the good times. So we're going to read this morning from Exodus chapter 34, starting with verses 27 to 30, talking about one of these amazing experiences that Moses gets to have and how prayer and fasting was a huge part of that. Starting with verse 27, Then the Lord said to Moses, Write down all these instructions, for they represent the terms of the covenant I am making with you and with Israel. Moses remained there on the mountain with the Lord 40 days and 40 nights. And all that time he ate no bread and drank no water. And the Lord wrote the terms of the covenant, the Ten Commandments, on the stone tablets. When Moses came down from Mount Sinai carrying the two stone tablets inscribed with the terms of the covenant, he wasn't aware that his face had become radiant because he had spoken to the Lord. So when Aaron and the people of Israel saw the radiance of Moses' face, they were afraid to come near him. Point number one this morning, we must be aware of the significance of the moment. And so in those verses that we were reading, it doesn't use the words prayer and fasting, but it's, that's what it's describing. He was with God, communing with God for 40 days and 40 nights, and he didn't eat, which is impossible, right? And so it's this impossible thing that he did. We see Moses does this, Jesus does it later, Elijah spends time prayer and fasting. Uh, and so there's all these instances where God can accomplish the impossible. Now, I don't think God is calling you to fast for 40 days and 40 nights, so that's not what I'm advocating for right now. Uh, but the importance of what Moses Moses was experiencing in the moment, right? I doubt he was, when he was truly with God there on the top of that mountain, I doubt he was thinking about, I wonder what they're making back at the camp, 
Right? It smells good down there. Like, I don't think he was thinking about those things because he was focused on the moment that he was there with God. He wasn't focused on all the other things going around him. I mean, truthfully, he, wasn't, like, he was not even focused on not being with his family for that amount of time or his friends. He didn't get to do his hobbies. He was just laser focused on having that experience with God. And that's how we need to operate. We need to focus on the moment that God has given us because this is the only moment that God is going to give us. Right? It's going to become the next moment and the next moment. But if we spend all of our lives looking towards other things, we're going to be distracted from what God is trying to do in us now. Right? And Moses, he, he wasn't thinking about all the other things, like the Israelites being down in the camp, disobeying God, making this golden calf idol to worship instead of God. There was all this stuff was going on. But go, Moses was focused on the then and the nair, there and now. So, again, God can accomplish the impossible. Right? And so one of these things that not only do we see Moses do this, Jesus does it later with prayer and fasting, uh, but just to show God's faithfulness, one more show and tell. There's a book, it's a good book, it's about this Chinese Christian uh, named Brother Yoon, the book's called The Heavenly Man, uh, and he ends up getting arrested for having faith in Christ in communist China, and he's thrown in jail, and he actually goes over 40 days without eating and drinking. Again, medically it's impossible, but he knew the only way that he was going to be released from jail wasn't through any human means, but he was going to have to seek God for his release. And so, uh, one, he was being starved, but also they were offering him water. Uh, he rejected and refused the water in addition to not having food because he knew God could only deliver him. And guess what happened? God does end up delivering him out of jail in communist China. And so now he travels the world sharing his testimony about not only that, but tons of other crazy things that God was doing in and through him. But God can accomplish the impossible if we focus on the here and now. I doubt Brother Yoon would have made it if he had known how long he was going to have to go without fasting, but he was just focused on that moment that God was giving him. And so that needs to be our heart and our desire that if we truly want to have these experiences with God, we don't look forward to the next thing or to the other thing, but we focus on what is God wanting to do in our life now? What is he wanting to accomplish in you now? And that's why I think the whole concept of fasting is really important uh, because and by fasting, we're talking about withholding food. Uh, most of the times in the Bible, the fast don't include water, so people are usually drinking water when they're fasting. But people are depriving of themselves of the nutrients and the physical things of this world to seek after the spiritual, right? And so instead of being filled physically, People are being filled spiritually through God's presence and his love. Jesus talks about um, how he has food that they, the disciples didn't know about because he had the sustenance he needed from God the Father, not just from the earthly things. And so again, this isn't a thing like an unhealthy eating habit. That's not what I'm advocating here. It's setting a time, times where we're seeking after God and his presence, even more so than we're seeking after our own physical desires, our needs. And God will provide what we need in those moments and it's not for our purpose. Fasting is not for the purpose of losing weight. It's for the purpose of seeking after God and his heart and what he's trying to accomplish. And so Moses does that for 40 days and 40 nights, not thinking about all the other things going on, but thinking about that moment that he was with God. And again, if I were to go 40 days without eating, that would be the worst time of my life, right? But Moses, I'm sure, because he was so connected with God in that moment, that had to be one of the top experiences he ever had, and he had some amazing experiences with God. And so I don't think he is out there regretting, I went a whole 40 days without eating or drinking, but it was a sacrifice he had to make. Right? It was a sacrifice he had to make, both of his time and of uh, not eating and all these different things. And so it's really important to remember that. 
And the other thing that, as I was looking through James's notes on all this, that really stood out to me that I never thought about before until I was reading through James's notes, was that when Moses comes off the mountain, right, if, if any of us went 40 days without eating or drinking, we would look like we had a bad time, right? We, we would look pretty rough if we went 40 days without eating or drinking. We would need desperate attention. We'd be like, where's the IV? Where's the snack? I, I need something now. But when Moses comes off the mountain, he looked radiant, right? The, the verse says he looked radiant because he had spent time with God. And so it's one of these things that when we're truly seeking after God, even when we're sacrificing, making all these sacrifices and things like that, those encounters that we have with God make a difference in who we are and other people can see it, right? The other people could clearly see that Moses had been with God, even though physically things weren't going perfectly well for him. It was such a transformation in him that the other people were afraid, and I think we can see there are times and instances in life when people truly commit themselves to God, especially someone who's living a hard lifestyle, and they commit themselves to Jesus, and that true change takes place, and that true change happens, the other people kind of get afraid of them. They're like, what changed in you? And they're not sure how to make sense of who that person is anymore. And so when we truly seek God, and we have these experiences with God, it's going to leave us better and radiant, and other people will take notice of that. And again, it's not for us. We don't like be like, oh, look how great I am. It's for pointing people to who God is and what he's accomplishing, which is point number two. The moment that Moses experienced, the moment was bigger than Moses, right? When he's on the mountain, when he's getting the Ten Commandments, when he's getting the law, when he's getting all of that, it wasn't just for him, right? The moment wasn't just for Moses. It was for all of Israel, the verse said in chapter 34, that the point was for Moses to be this ambassador to the people, right? He had a really weird relationship with Israel, and so Moses is going about his life, and all of a sudden God calls him, uh, and he's the one who's supposed to speak what God is saying to the Israelites, uh, and then the Israelites, when they're trying to complain against God, they end up complaining against Moses. When they try to rebel against God, they rebel against Moses. And so there's, he has a very interesting relationship with Israel, right? But the purpose wasn't for him, right? It wasn't just to be this great 40-day vacation that Moses gets to have with God. He gets to go on this experience with God so that all of Israel and ultimately all of the world can be blessed through that experience. And so when we pray and when we fast and when we seek God, we don't do it just for ourselves. We shouldn't be seeking God just for our own benefit, but we're seeking God so that other people can see and experience his love and forgiveness and his mercy and his redemption. Exodus chapter 20, verses 18 through 21. When the people heard the thunder and the loud blast of the ram's horn, and when they saw the flashes of lightning and smoke billowing from the mountain, they stood at a distance, trembling with fear. And they said to Moses, you speak to us and we will listen, but don't let God speak directly to us or we will die. Don't be afraid, Moses answered them, for God has come in this way to test you and so that your fear of him will keep you from sinning. As the people stood in the distance, Moses approached the dark cloud where God was. And so again, the purpose of Moses meeting with God on the mountain was so that he could have this relationship with Israel, he could have this message with God, and ultimately so that it would keep people from sinning. He was supposed to be, uh, help them to know what is wrong, what is right through the Ten Commandments. He was supposed to help them know how they should build their families, how they should build their homes uh, on God and not on their own desires. And so it's one of these things where this experience that Moses had was not just for Moses. And so when God wants to do something in your life, he doesn't want to do it just for you. He does. Like Moses again, would have had a fantastic time. This would have been an amazing time for Moses. 
but it wasn't just for him. So what God is wanting to accomplish in you, yes, is to bring you joy and peace and all of these wonderful things, but God wants to use you to be a blessing. You look at Abraham. When God blesses Abraham, he says, I'm going to bless you to be a blessing to all nations. And so when God is doing something in us, the natural result of that blessing is to have that overflow into the lives of people around us. And so if we're seeking God for our own fulfillment, our own satisfaction, whatever it is, and we're not seeking God for him and for him to use us in the lives of other people, we need to check our motives. And so that's why it's so important with prayer and fasting is we need to be praying not just for our own wants. I remember when I was young and the first time I ever really remember praying, like I asked my mom, it's like, so what do we pray about? I was a little kid. I don't remember how old I was. And I was like, but what do, what do we actually pray for? She's like, pray for whatever you want. I was like, can I pray to be really tall? And again, I was probably like four or five years old. It's like, can I pray to be really tall and be a basketball player? She's like, sure. Guess what? The prayer didn't work, right? Because it was for myself. I was praying this selfish prayer for me. Like I've, you know, who's ever prayed to be a millionaire before? Hasn't worked for me yet. And so when we're seeking God for our own selfish things, God's often going to say no, right? Maybe he'll say yeah. There's a, a Christian pastor who once, he was writing a book. And he's like, God, if this book makes a lot of money, then I'll donate all the proceeds from this to, to build a hospital in a third world country. Book made millions of dollars. Hospital in a third world country. So God can say yes, but again, it wasn't just for this person's own pocketbook, but it's for the benefit of other people. And so when we seek God in prayer, we need to be seeking him, yes, for ourselves, but even more so for other people and for what God wants to accomplish in that situation. And the other thing is when we think about all of this, it takes time. How long was Moses on the mountain? 40 days, right? 40 days and 40 nights. That's a long time. Anyone ever prayed for 40 days and 40 nights before? Yeah, me neither, right? And so it's one of these things that we really see how dedicated are we to God. And this is one of these things, it takes humility for us as a Christian because I don't know if it's just because I'm a guy or what, but when something goes wrong, my first thought is, how do I fix it, right? I don't bother asking, how are you doing? What's going on? Like, it's like, how do I fix it, right? And so that's my first action and reaction is how do I fix it? But we need to have humility as Christians to realize a lot of times in life, especially spiritually, we can't fix it. We're not the ones who can fix it. Now, we have a role to play. We have a part to play in what God wants to do. But the reality is, who do we need to seek to fix the problem? God himself. And so it's one of these things. That's why it's so important to dedicate long stretches of time. Uh, and then you can look at, this isn't just this instance of 40 days and 40 nights, but you look at, fast forward to the New Testament, Pentecost, the birthday of the church, thousands of people are saved, mighty movement of God, rushing winds, tongues of fire, all this stuff is like, what does that mean? We see all this happening, but it didn't happen just in that moment at Pentecost. Does anyone know how long the disciples were gathered together before that? 10 days. They were gathering together for 10 days of praying and seeking God. Anyone ever gathered together with people for 10 days to pray? Yeah, me neither, right? And so it's one of these things we wonder why we don't see these big, huge, powerful moves of God. It might be because we're not truly seeking him for these long stretches of time. And it's one of these things I'm not, this is kind of embarrassing to admit, but like, you know, there was a long time, you know, Christine and I now have Daniel. Asher's coming. His due date's next week, so I might be here. might not be here. Who knows? We'll see. Uh, but it's one of these things. We, for years, we tried to have kids and couldn't have kids. And I remember not long after we moved here, James was preaching some sort of sermon. And just one of the side points was talking about uh, 21 days of prayer in the book of Daniel and stuff like that. And it was one of these things. It's like, 
have I prayed for 21 straight days about this? And I don't mean, you know, every morning we pray, Lord, thank you for this food, help us to have a good day, amen. Like, had I really ever committed myself to 21 days straight of praying for us to be able to have kids? And the reality was no. Like, I would pray most days, but did I really get on my hands and knees to pray and seek God to have a kid for that stretch of time? I hadn't. And so after that, I was really convicted, like, I need to really seek God over this. And I'll be honest, did I do it the next 21 days? I didn't. Right? It took a long time before I made it 21 straight days while passionate crying out to God for prayer for us to be able to have a kid. And did I hit the 21 days and the next day Christine finds out she's pregnant? No, that's not how it worked. But it's one of these things that's like, it really was hard, even for someone who works for a church, to really dedicate myself in prayer for 21 straight days over something that's very, very important to me. But the reality is that's how it should be. We need to be constantly, consistently seeking God in prayer and in fasting. And we need to be doing it for other people, not just for our own selfish needs. And so it's one of these things, it's like, are we seek, what are we seeking more? And this is easy to say in church world, but like, I don't forget to get on my phone, right? I don't think there's ever been a day in my life where I just forgot about my phone for 24 hours. I woke up and I never looked at it. I went to bed. It's like, oh, I forgot my phone existed. But how many of us have done that with God? How many of us have done that with prayer? How many have done that with the word that we just forget? An entire day goes by and we don't do that. We don't do that with our phones. We don't do that with our hobbies. Uh, There's really no realm of life where we forget that something exists. But yet something as important as God and prayer and fasting, we go long stretches of time and we can just totally forget and not think about praying and seeking God earnestly in prayer. And so we need to make sure that we are seeking him passionately and we're seeking him passionately for other people. Um, And and I know there's a lot of people who for years and years and years have sought God uh, to pray for family members who either weren't saved or were struggling with something. Uh, And the reality is when we truly seek him, God usually shows up. Right? He has a good track record. Uh, now, he's not going to say yes to every one of our prayers. Like I was talking about Davy Blackburn earlier. He, he shares in his testimony that when he found his wife there and then we took her to the hospital uh, and, and she didn't end up making it, but he, he was saying he prayed his best prayers. He cried out in earnest. He, had, he mustered all the faith he could have. And no, he didn't answer his prayer. Um, but God, he still showed up. And since I've gone down this rabbit hole, finish it. And so when he was praying for his wife, uh, he, he put on a playlist. And the first song that kind of came up was a song by Hillsong Worship called Nothing is Wasted. And so in that moment, he was praying and seeking God and saying, God, heal her, do this miracle in her life. And in that moment, when that song played, Nothing is Wasted, Davy felt that God was saying, it's not going to go how you want it to do, but I promise it won't, I won't waste this. And so she ends up passing away, but through her testimony uh, and his testimony of what God's been doing in that, thousands of people have been saved. And so it's one of these things that his wife, Amanda, who ended up passing away, she would have gladly given her life for thousands and thousands of people to be saved. And so God didn't answer the prayer how Davy wanted it in that moment, but he used it for his glory and for his purpose and for thousands of people to redeemed and experience eternal life. And so God will answer our prayers when we earnestly cry out to him. It might not be how we expect, but he will always show up when we earnestly seek him in prayer and fasting. And point number three, something can only be experienced through prayer and fasting. Mark chapter 9, verses 26 to 29. Then the spirit screamed and threw the boy into another violent convulsion and left him. The boy appeared to be dead. A murmur ran through the crowd as people said, he's dead. 
But Jesus took him by the hand and helped him to his feet, and he stood up. Afterward, when Jesus was alone in the house with his disciples, they asked him, why couldn't we cast out that evil spirit? Jesus replied, this kind can only be cast out by prayer and fasting. Fasting is a really important practice. The Bible doesn't have this honestly clear layout of what exactly does it mean by fasting. Yes, it means going without food, but like there's no clear expectations on how it's supposed to happen. All we know is Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount says, when you fast, not if you fast. And so there is this expectation that we should fast as Christians in these different capacities. And right here, Jesus says that only some things will happen if we commit to prayer and fasting. Now, Jesus, we know from uh, different conversations they had, his disciples weren't fasting when they were with him. Uh, basically, he's saying, because Jesus has come, it's like the marriage supper, like Jesus has come, we're celebrating, Jesus is here, his ministry, and so the disciples weren't fasting at that point in time, and Jesus said, there will come a time when they will fast, but one doesn't go to a wedding and not eat right? You feast, you celebrate. And so that was happening. And so the disciples were not fasting during most of his ministry. And so Jesus says, certain things are only going to happen if you truly seek God through prayer and fasting. And I will say that it's true. It's true. I think there are times in my life, and not nearly as many as I should, but when I've truly sought God through fasting, that I have not eaten for a day or a couple days at a time to seek him over something. And again, not for myself, because I definitely have, I don't remember all the examples of it, but like I said, God, I'm going to fast for three days and I hope you do this. And he didn't answer it because it was a pretty selfish thing I was asking. But my senior year of college, I went to Southern Wesleyan University, and we had a basically a missions little club, and we would talk about missions and bring in different missionaries to speak and stuff like that. And my senior year, I was the president of it, and so I was really trying to help people and equip people to, to do short-term and long-term missions. And so there's this one girl who was trying to raise funds, and some of the last funds that she needed uh, to go, she was going to be able to have the opportunity to get it through this weird online posting thing. There's this organization that supported missions and said, whoever has the most shares and likes and blah, 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 will get X amount of money. Well, it's the exact amount of money that she needed. And, you know, I liked it and shared it and told other people to like and share. But again, in my role as the, the president of the, the missions club, I, I committed to, to fasting for three days to, to try to help her get these last funds that she needed to be able to go on this trip to Uganda, I think is where it was. And at the end of those three days, she ended up winning this contest and getting the funds that she needed to go. And I'm not boasting in my own strength. Look at me. I went three days without eating so she could do that. But it shows God's faithfulness. When we come to him, when we seek him in prayer, when we seek him in fasting, when we're willing to make some sacrifices for him, God's going to make some sacrifices back for us, right? Because at the end of the day, who's made the bigger sacrifice in life, us or God? God absolutely has, right? He was willing to lay down his life for you and me. He was willing to go to the cross and die. And so God is willing to make sacrifices for us. And so if we're willing to do things like sacrificing time in prayer, sacrificing some of our hobbies to seek God in prayer, willing to sacrifice a day or a meal or two days or whatever it is to fast and pray, if we're willing to sacrifice for him and show him we are truly hungry for a movement of God, if we're truly willing to do that, he's going to show up. He's not going to leave us stranded. He's not going to leave us on our own. He's not going to say, ah, whatever, you did that. He's going to honor us when we seek after him for his purposes. 
right? And so again, I'm not saying go home, get on your hands and knees, pray for eight hours in a row for a million dollars and you're going to get it. I'm not saying that, right? We're not a, a prosperity gospel kind of church. I'm not saying go home and don't eat and you're going to get whatever you want to. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying when we seek God for his causes, for his kingdom come, his will be done, for the good of those around us, when we seek him in prayer and fasting and show God how hungry we are for him in those ways, I'm saying he's going to come through. I'm saying he's, gonna, he's always going to come through in those moments. And they're not going to be fun, right? Those days I fasted, they were very unpleasant, right? And then I think another one of the most unexpected times when God showed up in my life in a powerful way is when I was in Cambodia. We would do these nights of evangelism. And you could either be on the people going out and telling people about Jesus, or you could be on the half of the group staying back to pray. And again, another embarrassing thing to admit, but when we broke into groups and I ended up being in the group staying back to pray, I was like really disappointed. I was like, I don't want to sit and pray for four, because it's like a four-hour commitment. I was like, I don't want to sit and pray for four hours. That sounds awful. Like, I didn't say that out loud then, but I'll, I'll tell you all. <laughs> like, I was really disappointed when I found out I didn't get to go out and actually be the ones like sharing the gospel that I had to sit in a room and pray for four hours. But in that moment, when I actually paused and sought God in prayer was one of the most intimate times I've ever had with God when there was just four hours of nothing going on other than seeking God in prayer. And there are other people there. We were all praying together. But it was one of these times I will never forget these unexpected moments of God showing up because I sought him in prayer. And, and the people who were out there some good things were happening. Good conversations were happening uh, in the evangelism team. And again, not because of what we were praying, but because we were faithful to come to God and basically say, instead of sending everyone out to do this, we're going to keep half the people back because we believe that those people staying back and seeking God as prayer is more important because God is more powerful than anyone who can share the gospel. He will accomplish what he wants to. And so there's so many things in life where we truly just need to seek after him, um, through prayer, through fasting, through sacrificing of ourselves to, to put him first and to put ourselves behind. And so I just want to challenge us, like, are you willing to do that? Are you really willing to commit daily passionate time in prayer? Are you really willing to fast? Right? I'm not saying you got to go home and fast. I'm saying you need to ask God. And if he says, yes, I would like you to spend four hours in prayer, or I would like you to do this, or I would like you to pray over this or fast over this issue. Are you willing to do it? Are you willing to actually sacrifice and give of your time, your efforts, your energies, your food to, to prioritize the things of God in your life? And to listen, right? I think when we talk about prayer, we forget how important listening is, because uh, I, I, we live in a world where there's always music. Like, the service is going to end. We'll probably have some music playing afterwards, right? We're going to have conversations. Silence kind of scares us. And so I think the reality, though, one reason we might not hear from God so much in our lives is because we don't have silence, we don't have times where we're willing to stop all of the noise, to stop the, the news on our TV, to stop the scrolling on Instagram and TikTok, to stop having all the conversations on the phone and actually sit in quiet before God. Like, we don't do that very often, right? I mean, when's the last time you sat for 30 minutes in quiet? Probably a long time ago, right? And so it's, and it was probably unwillingly, right? And so it's one of these things that we probably don't hear from God because we're probably not listening. I think God wants to say a lot to us because he's been faithful to do that for thousands of years to reveal himself to people. And so we need to be a people who, when we seek God in prayer, we also seek God by listening. And so those are the things that I just kind of want to let you ponder. Like, are you willing to quiet your life? Are you willing to quiet the world that you're in so that you can hear from God? 
Are you willing to fast? Are you willing to commit hours to prayer? Again, 10 days the disciples spent praying before Pentecost ever happened. Like, how willing are we to truly acknowledge that God is the one who has all power, and he's the one who got all authority, and he's the one who can make a difference? Are we really willing to spend that much time in prayer seeking revival for our church, seeking revival for our community? Are we willing? And unfortunately, for most of us, for most of our history, and I'm including myself in that, the answer has been no. But I think we need a fresh reminder of how powerful God is if we just humble ourselves and seek him in prayer and fasting. And so as I conclude in prayer this morning, I just want you to kind of think about what are things that you really need to seek God about? What are those things that you really need to seek him over, right? Are there people in your life who need to hear the gospel and you need to be the one to share? Are there situations in life where everything's desperate and falling apart and you need God to show up? Right? What are those things going on in your life where you really need God to have this experience in your life that five, ten down, years down the road, you can look back and say, God showed up in an amazing way. Right? What are those things? So as I pray, just think about that and ask God, how can you be praying passionately and consistently? How can you be fasting and how can you be listening to him over the next week, month, year, whatever it is, however long it takes? So just take time to think and pray as I pray. God, we do just come. And God, we're thankful. God, I am so thankful that you are a God that wants to reveal yourself to us, that you have shown us through the scriptures, you have thrown us, shown us through ways that you've moved in our hearts, ways that you've moved in so many different ways, that you truly want to reveal yourself to us, that you're not just sitting on a throne up in heaven, you don't care about us, and you're just sitting on your own, but you sent yourself, you sent your son, you sent Jesus to come and show you to us. And so we thank you for that. We thank you for sending the Holy Spirit. And God, I pray that we can be a people who have repented of our sins, who've turned to you, and seek you, Holy Spirit. God, that's the difference that happened at Pentecost was that people were filled with your Spirit. And so I pray that we can passionately be praying and seeking to empty ourselves of who we are so that we can be filled with your Holy Spirit. God, I pray that we can do that, that we as a church will be known for being a people of your spirit and not of our own desires. So we pray for that. And God, we just pray that in the coming weeks, months, and years, even as we have conversations after the service or as we're in our cars home, that we will hear stories of you showing up like Moses had an amazing experience, like the disciples saw the demon cast out, uh, like we see so many instances of Scripture of these powerful, powerful moments. God, I pray that you will give us a taste of those as well, that we can be counted in the list of thousands of testimonies of people all over the globe, all over the years, of saying that we saw God move in a mighty way. And so, God, may we seek you as the one who has all power and authority, May we come to you as the one who can change the situations in our lives and in our world. And God, may we put away some of our schemes and some of our plans and be a people quick to get to our knees, to be a people who are quick to come to you in prayer, and to be a people who are quick to fast and seek you more than we seek the things of this world. And so we just pray for your your kingdom come, your will be done. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.